All right, folks, we're back with another edition of the Red and White Podcast. I'm your host, Evan, here with Will. Will, how are you doing? Well, I've had a bunch of Krispy Kreme donuts tonight that were dropped off on my porch, so feeling pretty good. You just have a donut fairy delivering donuts? What's going Apparently on? Apparently we do. We uh, finished a delicious salad, and uh, I was like, wow, we're doing so great today with this diet. And then someone wrecked it with hot and now donuts. So, yeah, great night. How do you feel about chocolate chip cookies? Um, I like them. I'm an American-born bread male. Who doesn't like chocolate chip cookies? Chick-fil-A has got, outside of my chocolate chip cookies, Chick-fil-A has got the best like fast food chocolate chip cookie. The only problem is if you don't get you don't eat it like right away when you order it, like you save it for a couple hours later, it gets hard as hell and it's so annoying. I don't like that at all. Hmm. Yeah. Well. I don't didn't know see what that to coming, tell you. Yeah. You curveballed me. I thought you were just going to ask me if I like heat up my old. You know, I remember back in the day. This is stupid. This is not a cookie podcast. Let's keep going. <laughs> Nearly spit out my drink. <laughs> um, do, do you have cookie Cookie Monster audio? Are we pivoting? <laughs> <laughs> we, we are going to have some cookie audio. I'm going to have some cookie discussions this summer when we're looking for some off-season pods. Yeah, it's going to be A+. Plus, A+, plus content. Speaking of A-plus content, if you haven't signed up, redwhitenetwork.com. Sign up. Putting out some good stuff. Maybe some mediocre stuff, depending on your point of view. Uh, the latest one was a piece about the Penn State Keats rumor. And... Basically, Will, I think you said it best. What do you think about that? Um, well, you know, I like to think that we are now the uh, the Snopes of the NC State podcast internet sites. We are, you know, here to help the, the faithful figure out if it's fact or fiction. And um, I thought it was kind of fun to, you know, the first, when you sent me the text, uh, I think I said, yeah, Evan Wright. And then you put together a pretty well thought out article that by the end I was like, mm, I can see it. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I guess I wouldn't be surprised. I think if uh, on face value, it's easy to dismiss that rumor. But if you do go back and think about it, Keats is coming up on what year five in his contract. Yeah. Um, you know, there's quote unquote, the make or break vibe that everyone seems to keep implying because i guess not everyone is a subscriber of the give keats 10 years and not don't worry about it mentality um but yeah i mean if you think about it it's funny because i know that uh coaches are extremely competitive but you'd think a few of them would wisen up and be like hey we could go to some of these places and coach for 10 years and only make the tournament one time and people are going to tell us we're doing a good job and we're happy to pay you. <laughs> and, um, you know, why not want some, a little extra job security where, what did you- All right. We had some podcast crashers, but we're back. Uh, so carry on. We were talking about Kevin <laughs> Keith going to Penn state and how crazy, not crazy it is. Stability. Yeah. So um, I was probably saying that I think it would be really smart of some coaches to recognize like, hey, you can get an eight to 10 year guaranteed 
pay. Um, and the penalty you pay is um, you just have to play like you're coaching at Boston College. Uh, there's going to be 10 people in the stands. There's only going to be three uh, message board posts all season. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm surprised more a- people don't do it. Yeah, I mean, I get it from that stability standpoint. And if Penn State's willing to pay up, then, you know, you guarantee yourself 10 years. Yeah, sure, we're a better job, more status, whatnot. But can you guarantee 10 years for paycheck? I mean, I don't know. So I kind of understood from that standpoint if he was at least interested. It just... My whole thing with it, with everything with it is that he doesn't sound he doesn't to me come off as a guy that would tuck tail and leave because of pressure, right? Because of social media, right? Guy comes out claims I'm a winner, we're gonna win, and, and the fashion that he does that and kind of repeats that message doesn't seem like somebody who said, "Eh, somebody was mean to me on social media. I'm gonna bolt to Penn State where they don't care." That that was the part that really didn't square up for me. That. The only thing that would make sense to me is if they, if for some reason the administration all of a sudden thought that they were going to get hit to the Stone Age in the review process for the NCAA. Um, maybe if you're at Kevin Keats, then you say, well, I mean, if I'm not going to be allowed to go to the tournament for a couple years, why don't I just go somewhere else? Um you know, there's no expectations at a Penn State. If he does even decently there, you know, he could always hop back wherever he wanted. It doesn't make sense to leave an ACC program per se. Um, and it's also different, too, because, you know, he's from Virginia. Uh, I can't remember where his wife's from, but, you know, it his whole career path has been towards the ACC. He doesn't, yeah. you know, he went to Ferrum, so he doesn't have a, you know, a reason to go to Penn State. Um, but at the same time, like if he did it, I mean, I would be laughing just because Kevin Keats is a winner. Just is like, what do you say when you on your first day, your first press conference for Penn State? Yeah, I, right. That would be well. Um, Kevin Keats know. has got a long term retirement plan. Is what I would say. <laughs> That's probably the best way. I don't know. It's weird. Um. The thing is, and here's here's the rub: there is going to be a ton of job movement this off season, a ton. There was one P five gig with Wake Forest getting switched out last year. So if Kevin Keats does want to leave, if he is looking around, there's going to be a lot of opportunities. There's like just off the top of my head, Sean Miller, Arizona, he's going to get fired. It's possible Archie Miller at Indiana is going to get fired. Penn State's open. Minnesota's going to be open. Northwestern just has a new AD. Are they going to fire their guy? Are they going to fire their coach and pick up somebody? DePaul, South Carolina. So you're saying um, we can go after both Miller brothers? Yeah, right. Uh, Saw a comment. Wait, hold on. Hold on, man. I'm so out of it with the ACC. Is is Larry Nega retiring? Well, the rumors are he's going to retire. Okay. And then the ESPN Plus article said he's not going to retire, but he's getting up there. He's 70-something years old with the rest of these guys. So at some point, he's going to retire soon. So it could be open this year. Yeah. Boy, you have to think Leonard Hamilton saying, hey, man, like, 
you got to stay. I'm not going to have anyone else on the AARP club with me if Roy <laughs> if Roy leaves. <laughs> Roy K, Leonard Hamilton, Miami, we wide open. Well, I would say this. You want Kevin Keyes to stay because you want stability in a time when a bunch of new coaches are coming in and opportunity. You know, I mean, look at, I mean, UNC and Duke. I mean, at some point, those administrations are going to have to say, like, maybe it's time, fellas. Um, But I would say, I don't think Roy or Kay are going to retire this year. So if State had to make a move, I'd want to do it now and not two or three years from now. You know, Roy, I don't see him leaving right, right now. Okay, I can see like being exhausted from this season and being done because every press conference, everything he's had, he's just been man. Like he, he just seems like a man who's defeated. Yeah, I don't think he wanted to play during COVID. I don't think he. I likes know he this. didn't want to play. I mean, he said he's, he didn't want to play. Yeah, I mean, he's a control freak, and COVID takes that away from him. And you know, then you got guys opting out and things like that. Like you know, just makes it difficult. But um, I think the other thing that's interesting about Duke is, I mean, let's say K does retire. Who from the, the K tree are you hiring? Is it Bray? Cause he's the only one that's even got any sniff of success. Really? The, the guy that the Notre Dame, the 200 Notre Dame fans that were in the stands wanted fired last night. Oh, I would take Mike Bray in a heartbeat, dude. That guy can coach. Yeah. Like, I mean, he'd be great, but there's no way like, I don't think so. I mean, they're probably they're probably calling like Brad Stevens. Do you want to come out of you want to get out of the NBA? (laughs) Some of those guys are going to come back and some of those guys are going to go like Billy Donovan. Are you done with the NBA now? Bill Self, are you going to go to the NBA? Like these guys have all been mentioned on this, you know, this back and forth circuit. And I I can see them leaving or I can see them coming back. Uh, And you're Duke. You can can call it, make all those calls and nobody's going to call you crazy because you're Duke. Right. How often does does it happen? Go to the pros, be successful in the pros, come back to college? Because I think once you get out of having to recruit high schoolers and start dealing with grown men, you probably don't want to go back to dealing with high schoolers and bag men. Yeah, I agree. I just you know are they are they that good? Have they run? Have they you know has the shine wore off? I don't know. I'm not a big NBA guy, but I just I've heard those names saying, you know, if you're that they're, you know, if you're have a job opening, call one of those guys because what are they? The worst they can do is say no, and at some point they might want to come back. Well, I'm not going to lie; I would love to have Brad Stevens um, or Billy Donovan. <laughs> no, I am not falling for Billy Donovan being not on again. campus again. Not you again. cannot take me back to that beautiful time Jeez. of our lives. Yeah, that's so bad. <laughs> Like, I remember that so vi- so vividly, like it was, it was crazy. Evan, we are on a five game win streak. Why are we talking about our coach leaving? <laughs> I don't know. It, it was a rumor, so we could talk about it. Good point. Five game win streak, first time in like ever, uh, two thousand four. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I'm going to play the clip from Keats in the locker room. And yeah, that's impressive, man. Remember now, I told you guys before. Our administration, our people in this room, people that know about NC State, when we were four and eight, everybody still believed in that group. It was a segment of people that just, you know what, these guys have a reason to lay down, they have a reason to quit, they lost their leading score, they wasn't playing well. It was a lot of opportunity just to make excuses. And I got to be honest with you, man, you, you never made an excuse. 
there's never been a day leading up to this day that I felt like that we had come in and gave 100% effort because what I found out that I got some guys in this room that hate to lose just as much as I did. Here's what we do. Let's get up and jump because you know what we want to do. We'll get some ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, I'll be the first one to admit it. I was in that segment. I thought this team would quit. They were 4-8. and eight. They weren't doing well. They didn't look good. They Everything just seemed to be going the wrong direction. You know, we were talking about DJ Funderburk. He couldn't stay in the lineup. He was having issues. You know, then Daniels goes down and COVID problems. I, I, I'll admit it. I thought they were done. I thought this team was over. I thought they had checked out. And I give credit to Keats, man. He somehow kept them together and not only got kept them together, but they've excelled, right? And I, th- I think they've gotten better. And I, I'm I'm surprised. I'll admit it. I was one of those guys. I'm I'm telling you, man, nothing, uh, nothing bonds a team like everyone crapping their pants, you know, for a couple <laughs> days together. Great. The, um, Really makes you question what you, you know, do you want to cling on and, and stay alive when you can't hold your bowels? Um, boy, I don't know about you guys, but I got a little Jimmy V feeling when Keats was talking about, you know, basically everyone giving up except for the team. Um, oh, God. The, uh, yeah, I, I, here's the thing, man. I mean, the, the five game win streak is, has been great. Yeah, aside from Virginia, has it been against good competition? No. I mean, we did shut down a, a decent shooting Notre Dame squad. Um, but what was more impressive to me was just that we, we've we been clicking and winning. I mean, aside from that pit game, I think all the other games we've been really strong offensively. We've, I have, I should, we should go back. Have, have we led for like pretty much every game? I don't think we ever lost the lead against Virginia, did we? Nope. You know, that would be interesting to see. Um, the team's playing really good basketball. I mean, everyone's found their roles. The ball's moving pretty well. No one, you know, aside from a couple times a game, it doesn't feel like anyone's heat checking themselves. Um, you know, the freshmen are just playing well. Um, I mean, Sebron is, you know, pulling down a casual double-double. Um He's I don't know, getting man. the most out of these guys. Like it's, yeah. and it's the thing. And I hate to say it, right? Is it addition by subtraction? Mm-mm. You know, you lose Daniels and Allen, and then I don't. I don't think so, right? I think it's more of a product of them evolving. The younger guys getting better, but man, you look at the way they play, like that Virginia game, and even this game against Notre Dame, they were passing the ball. They were everything just seemed to be a little bit more fluid, and it was. I'm sure I'm not the only one that had that thought, right? It's just this is a different team without being one guy being a, you know, ball dominant. Yeah, I mean, I would say that I thought the team was playing very well before the first pause, and everyone was in there, and we were throwing all kinds of lineups. So yeah, the competition was questionable, but you could see those elements of how everyone kind of jived together. Um, you know, and one thing, I mean, the thing I think about is, yeah, you don't have Daniels. Now, Daniels was definitely going to shoot the ball the most. He was going to have the most attempts 
this year um, for sure. I mean, he would in a normal year anyways. And I think when he went down, those I think those shots got distributed more amongst the team. Thomas Allen gets injured. Those shots get distributed amongst the team. And you're left with a bunch of players that are relatively complimentary. Like, Manny Bates isn't a ball hog, right? You know, DJ is actually, I think, for a player that can score as well as he can, he does look, you know, he does look to pass still. Um, and then you got Cam, Shaq, and um, Sebron. Sebron's a pass, as it was known as a pass first guard, who's all of a sudden getting very aggressive, which I like to see. So to me, it makes sense that the ball's moving a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's helping that shots are going in. I mean, you know, Cam... Kim Hayes hit some great shots last night. You've got Braxton hitting shots. That 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 certainly helps as well. Um, but Braxton getting the freedom to shoot is what I like. Yes, he is. I love seeing him come. Yeah, I love seeing him catch and shoot the ball instantly. And right. Um, I mean that's another thing. Like guys are getting the ball in the right spot so he can do that. So I mean the passing looks crisper. Um. It would be really interesting to see like what this team would have looked like with Daniels healthy because part of it, those pauses just really screwed this team up. Um, you know, I mean, go back and look at it. I mean, we we should have won that St. Louis game, if you think about it. I mean, if we have the full squad, that game's not even close, I don't think. But here we are way back on the bubble, and St. Louis is right on the edge of it. Right. Um, you know, but... I- I don't know how far back on the bubble we are, to be honest. Who knows, man? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. No, well, no you don't brackets. know who's going to play. Yeah, you don't know who's going to play even, let alone, you know, are you going to have enough? Teams are already sitting out their conference tournaments, and I suspect quite a few will sit out this ACC tournament. So, yeah, you don't really know. I don't think State's that far off, man. I think in most years, 500 in the ACC should get you consideration now, if State goes out and wins, so let's say you're the 10 seed, right? You're playing on Tuesday or 9 seed, I guess it would be. You're playing on Tuesday. I think you win that Miami or BC game, and then you play Carolina next, and that's a winnable game. That's two more wins. I think that puts you in. I, I feel I would feel pretty, pretty okay about it. The hottest team in the league, right? Nobody else is won this much and if they keep it keep it going a little bit more then yeah i don't know i think they got a chance like give me that warm-up game against boston college right give me whichever slacker between syracuse and unc ends up at the seven and let us i mean let's go in i mean i feel i feel good about the team it's funny i mean is this just gonna be keats's thing that he just heats up towards the end of the season um, it'd be wild yeah you know what is it about that i would love for you know i think people were kind of getting around it in the post game questions but you know i'd love for him to think on what it is about the last few teams that seem to get so hot at this time i mean and i will say like i think that it really is unfortunate with the with when covid came into play last year because I feel confident that that team was going to get into the NCAA tournament. So, yeah, you they know, were hot. Yeah. And people, you know, they'll just, people are going to forget that, right? So you've got people saying, well, you got the one NCAA appearance, the NIT. And then they go, well, you didn't make it the year before. 
And if you don't make it this year, you know, like people, I think are going to take too much from that. Um, I do think if this team can get into the NIT, I mean, I hate to even speculate like that, but I think if we got an NIT, we'd, we'd do some damage there too, you know, cause it seems like a team that's motivated, especially a team that didn't get to play a final game at home this season, unless something happens in the next, what, 24 hours, basically. Um, they're a team that would love to get to the NIT so that we could have another game at home. The difference in the NIT, I don't think the NIT is going to happen. And it's not going to be home. They're all going to be in a bubble, by the way. What? Okay. Yeah. I don't want to play in the NIT then. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Your question was what happens late in the season? And I'll tell you what it is. He somehow figures out how to communicate to his point guards. Because last year, you know, Markel was a roller coaster. And then towards the end of the year, I think it was that first Pittsburgh game, like he turned it on and you started to see engaged Markel. And you're like, here we go. Like this, this is why everybody was excited in that for that ACC tournament is because he was heating up and he brought everybody with him. And I think right now you're seeing that with Cam Hayes. He's playing really good basketball right now. And he's not only playing really good like during the game, so we see him. If you watch the other players, they look, they're looking towards Cam more often than they were. And especially if you look on the court, on the breaks, these guys get the rebound. And typically, like, Jericho Helms has no hesitation to bring the ball up himself, right? He, he would yeah. routinely do that. Uh, who was the other one? Manny Bates, I know, has grabbed the rebound. All these guys immediately, even Shaq Moore got a rebound and immediately looked for Cam Hayes on the break. They get him in the middle of the floor. And you could you could just see like the the respect these guys are going like all right you take the ball and you get us going, and he did and he has been for these last few games. I think it's if you like zero in go back and like zero in on how they interact with Cam Hayes, it's completely different than it was a month ago. Well, Evan, I'll tell you who's not looking for Cam Hayes on the fast break, and that's Darian Sebron, my man. He, this we got a new Ferrari. It's not in the garage anymore. It's out on the court. A man catches that ball, gets those rebounds, rips it from Notre Dame, these these slow-ass white boys, and then you just see him flying down the lane. I, I He he is a, a walking uh, bucket, man. He is a, a, a one-man fast break. He's unbelievable. He's coast-to-coast. Coast. He's as fast as I've ever seen somebody get coast-to-coast. Coast. He is like... The the other advantage he has is he is so damn skinny that yeah. he is like splitting between guys to get to the hoop. And I'm like, every time he does it, I'm like, dude is going to get snapped in half. Uh, yeah, it's 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 fun to watch. I mean, and that's the thing, too, is like everyone just seems to be clicking the game. It looks enjoyable. There's been some good articles about the offense that, you know, this offense is more, I guess, nuanced than a plebeian like me can tell. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there was one thing that Keith said, I think it was after the Notre Dame game. He talked about how he said they're like running more four minute games in practice. So they're getting a lot of situational work with the freshmen. Um, I wonder if everyone's kind of staying fresh because, you know, like, I mean, Beverly, I don't even know what they're doing with him in practice, for example. Um, so maybe he has also just learned to, manage the guy these guys their conditioning and their mental conditioning and that's why you're seeing you know they could have collapsed late game against Notre Dame right 
you know, they got down to what, like within six or seven and everyone's butthole started puckering up. Um, and then, you know, he made uh, a couple substitutions, had the right guys on, on the floor and, you know, we ended up at the line and, and put it away. Um, Real quick about Dar- Darion Sebron. Here's the thing that one of the sports information people tweeted out this morning. Darion Sebron couldn't travel with the team last season, so he went home when the team went to the ACC tournament. It was spring break. Because of COVID, he couldn't return to campus for months. Long way of saying he's just scratching the surface. Career high 15 for Darion. I had no idea. Yeah, neither do I. The first thing I thought of was, well, that's stupid. They should have let him on campus. <laughs> right, yeah. It's kind of it's it's so it's wild to think, right? Like a year later now, like I kind of laughed myself. I'm like, we didn't play the ACC tournament, and yet we have been playing this whole entire season. We didn't like, you know, yeah. high school. Man. High schools have been playing, so exactly, exactly. Yeah. Weird. Now I do appreciate when I watched. Uh, I can't remember what game it was, but watching the guys playing with masks on, I was like, damn, that's got to be tough. That does have to be tough, but. Yeah, uh, going back to Keats, <clears throat> I think he's also, uh, and I don't know, he's evolved, right? So you mentioned his offense being a little bit more nuanced. He, just his in-game management has changed from the first half of the year to the second half of the year. And I'll give you a perfect example. Sebron last night got two fouls. Keats has some weird rule in his head that two fouls means you're sitting for the rest of the half, two fouls in the first half. Sebron got it and he came back in at the six minute mark. What? So, yeah, Keats actually, you know, went away from his two minute rule yesterday and he hadn't done that before. Also, he's, you know, we mentioned before he, he did offense defense substitution, something he hadn't done before. I think that was a Virginia game. Yeah. So he's, he's making some tactical changes and I, Whatever he's doing, like it, it seems like a different product than we had before, and I and I maybe COVID was that much of a problem. I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, who knows? I mean, the thing is, I mean, look, I could be the skeptic again. You know, the streak of games has not been against the best yeah. competition, right? Um, and I'm sure anyone that is sitting there trying to not let us move up in the bubble would argue that, I mean, we still have a pretty bad Q1 record and, you know, you have that Q4 loss, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. So it's really, that's why it's really frustrating that we lost this opportunity against Virginia Tech. Um, You know, I mean, we lost our opportunity to play Michigan. They are probably a one seed from the bracket matrix I looked at today. And UConn, um, you know, like it's it's stuff like that. Louisville, whatever. I, I can like list them all off. This team has been a little bit unlucky in that factor. Um, so they they really do need to make a run in the tournament, and you know that's why everyone's saying you know you want to avoid having to play the first this first day or whatever. But if your first day is against Boston College, I think it's actually great. You basically are playing a shoot around, and you'll get to come in, you know, I always think the team that comes in, they got to play the day before always seems to be fresh and in the zone from the start of the game. And then it's just a question of whether the other team can catch up in the second half. Um, but yeah, I feel good. The, 
the impact is late in the tournament, though. If you make it deep in the tournament, they're like, oh, yeah, we're tired. Thing, you played I mean, an extra game. But. but that's the thing, right? Is do do you think we have an opportunity to win the eight nine game and then beat Florida State? So therefore, you get two games. Or do you think we have a better opportunity to beat Boston College, beat a UNC Syracuse, and then maybe beat a UVA who wants to slow down the game? You know, I, what I mean, like that's the anything to do with Florida State. So I don't want Florida other, State at all. And fra- yeah. frankly, Keats has a working game plan against UVA. So if yeah. anything, that's the team I want to play. Right. I had no interest in playing Florida State. Uh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, <clears throat> so what do you think contributed most to success? My hash asked a question. What do you think contributed most to the success of the last five games? Quality of competition, everything clicking at the right time. Yeah. You know, Keith's just figuring it out. I mean, there's a lot of things I think that came to it. But, you know, I mean, we could have won that Syracuse game right after Devin went down, right? There, there, yeah. The UBA game. You know, just some things just didn't go right. And then what we kind of what we said after that second UVA game, which was we were making defensive substitutions and it worked out, you know, Keats probably thought he was doing the right thing in the first UVA game, but it cost us because it didn't work out. People want to say it cost us, but I mean, DJ could have stayed in and got burned out, you know, who knows? Um, I mean, it's tough. I mean, dudes are making shots. That's, that's the key. Also, I would like to point out the free throw shooting has been better. Uh, last night was terrible though so well what i'm saying until is, yesterday well what i'm saying is is braxton beverly all of a sudden started hitting free throws again yeah, it's only a matter um, cam of hayes has been hitting field free throws you know we're not getting to the line of time but the guys are shooting better it seems um right. you know when you see like a uva get 14 or 17 straight free throws you know you re- recognize like that's that's how those teams stick around that's how they are not on the bubble and that's what i hope keats picks up over time is like these dudes need to be spending more time in the gym on the free throw line seriously Th- free throws and rebounding are the two things that i think are the biggest weaknesses for keats's teams like consistently I-, I am not kidding and i will say this every every podcast if you are not shooting 70 percent and up you are doing granny free throws like it's right you can't be this bad. And I it blows my mind. I see Shaq, Shaq Moore draining threes, and then he gets to the free throw line, and it's clank, 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 clank. And, you know, I mean, it's just it's such a repetitive, repetitive stroke. It's not that hard. You literally just put your body in the exact same spot. It's routine, every time. man. It's such just routine. Routine and mental focus. <sighs> All right, so what two is... old men get off my lawn. Time is over. Let's go. Yeah. More free throw talk, folks. More free throw talk. What is Sebron, Cam Hayes, and Shaq's ceiling? Uh, <laughs> Individually. Boy, I'm getting... Uh, I think it's... Well, I'll say it. I, I think Sebron, if he can improve his perimeter shooting, is ACC Player of the Year potential. He's NBA level, I think. He's got NBA talent if he can shoot. Yeah, if, it, that that's the question because the way you're seeing him, the way he moves his body, the speed, it's all there. Um, boy, what are the ceilings? That's I mean, that's interesting. Um, it, I think yeah, they're all is. really damn good, and I hope they all stick around. Um, Shaq's not big enough for the next level, and he doesn't shoot well enough. So unless he can figure out how to grow and shoot at the same time, 
you know, well, over yeah, the next four it, years. He's but he probably, could go over to Israel or whatever. And play yeah, yeah, he's he's a he's a pro over there for sure. Like he's got that kind of game, and he's gonna be he's gonna be thick and like running back style when he by the time he's a a senior, he's gonna be that point guard that nobody wants to play just because he's scrappy. Well, just don't forget. I mean, this is the same dude who like drove baseline and dunked all over the UNC guys. Like, yeah. he's got incredible athleticism, and his right. you know he's one of those guys that like he just as long as he's happy, like knowing he's got a role. Like maybe he won't start, but he's gonna get a ton of minutes. Yeah, um, Keith loves him too. Yeah, I mean Hayes. I mean Hayes is. I don't know what to think about Hayes. I mean, he's shooting the ball so well. I mean, he, he, the Tyler Lewis interview that you guys did, right? He was talking about that transition from high school where you're the man to, to the ACC level and how tough it is. And you start factoring in, that's coming from a guy who's played in the league and in the ACC that is, um, and then you start watching what Cam is doing, how he's running the offense, and it's uh, it's really impressive. So, I mean, I guess Cam's kind of the same to me. Like, maybe he doesn't have the raw athleticism that Sebron has. Maybe his size is going to be a limiting factor, but everything about his game screams pro level to me. Um, yeah. You know, I just hope these guys, like, stick around and don't, like, bite the, you know, some agent get in their ear and be like, you know, you guys are good enough, and then they leave early, but. It's so hard to even like think that far ahead just because, you know, realistically somebody could sneeze wrong and a guy wants to transfer and they make it really easy to do so. So who knows? I mean, they they seem happy now. They're all getting a lot of minutes. They seem like they could be the future, but you're bringing in more guards and, you know, you just, it just makes you wonder what these days somebody's definitely leaving. It's just a matter of who. Right, just can't be. Just wouldn't be surprised if everybody stayed. It's just the reality of it. I don't know. The one thing is, I mean, Keats can get a lot of guys' minutes when you know playing this type of lineup. So they're not. It's not problematic. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't want to think about it. Yeah. We're, yeah. What's it's... Ferrar's ceiling? <laughs> <laughs> Ferrar, man, it's so funny. And I text him this every time he plays. Ferrar runs like James Henderson. <laughs> like they have the same, they run the same way. When I play basketball with James, like Nick Ferrar, Nick Ferrar reminds me of playing basketball with James, and it cracks me up. So I hope he gets more minutes. <laughs> That's my thought on that one. Oh, uh, there was this one more question, I think. Who's the better receiver? <laughs> Well, yeah, we'll, we we can talk a little football here in a minute. Eight, nine seed. Yeah, we talked about we talked everything. Uh, you know, I think I don't know, man. I want to I want to see I want to see it keep going. Right, I'm with you. I think place play sooner. I had a Cam Hayes thought, and I completely spaced on it. So I'm going to move on. Was it about his floater game, his three ball game, his step back game? No, he he's he'll be fine. He's gonna get stronger and faster, I imagine, and he'll be even better. He's got his his game is not the worry there. I think it's he's he's got a, he's got a bit of everything, and his shot's gonna he'll get better with his shot, get more consistent. So he's gotten a lot better if you watch his um, high school tape. He wasn't much of a shooter 
he's much better now than he was. Well, I will say it was, I mean, that's, I, I'm going to completely forget his name, but the assistant coach that we brought in this off season, that was his Mike Summy. Yeah, yeah. Mike Summy. Yeah. I, I said that in the chat earlier, I think Summy, his only goal should be get getting Darion uh, some arc on his three point shot. Like this summer, it's just can this you is get it. some on DJs? Right, well, six ten. I I don't care. You can still. I mean, Jay Huff freaking puts arc on it like like I do. I mean, I guess I don't know. He'll DJ figure it out next in the next level in the NBA. Yeah, because he'll get stuffed. Well, he's he's got the stroke, man. I think it's almost there. It's a little flat, but. He'll be all right. We'll get him on the pod. We'll talk. Him. We'll talk to him. We'll get in his head. Yeah, people always ask for player interviews, and they're like nobody want, nobody really ends up listening to player interviews, and the players are so well trained to just be robotic with coach speak that you don't get anything good out of them until like two or three years later. And that was one of the reasons, like I wanted to talk to Tyra Lewis. He was, you know, I could ask him anything, and he would have answered. He was super chill. You know, he wasn't on guard. Right? <laughs> Russell Wilson will never uh, give a candid interview. <laughs> All right. So there's always your exception, right? <laughs> Russell Wilson is not happy in Seattle, by the way, supposedly. Uh, yeah, I keep hearing that. But uh, I did. I don't remember if, if that was rumor or not. But um, like there was like an approved list of teams that he'd consider. And I was like, oh, it's good to know like what Ciara like what city Ciara likes. <laughs> Cause it was like Oakland, Dallas, Chicago, uh, New Orleans. And I can't remember Sheesh. what the other, it was, you know, but it, like obviously like major Metro areas basically. Right. Um, and I was like, that's not the Russell. I know anyways, football spring practices starting soon. The weight, somebody updated, uh, there's a Twitter account, chart NC, chart underscore NC, that just tracks the scholarship chart. I mean, the the weight height measurements on the football team, on the roster. Oh, I used and to do that. He put out the, the latest update, measurement changes. Chris Tootle, plus nine. I wonder if that's a tight end move. Jalen Parker down 18. That's what I wonder what that's about. Um, well, what's he down from? He's at 202. He might have got sick. I'm guessing Mo- that's maybe a COVID. Move just him, yeah. Move to the secondary, put him at safety. No, no, I bet they'll. I mean, unless he like came in light, right? Like, I don't know how they could be that far off. So he probably got sick, is my guess. Uh, your boy Josh Harris. Where are we at? He did not get sick. Plus six. <sighs> but you know what? I saw a video the other day of McMahon, like deadlifting or whatever he was doing. And he's 300 pounds. And like, he looks like a skinny 300 pounds. And then Harris comes up behind him to, I don't know if he was supporting the bar or just giving him some support. And then even though he's 350 pounds, Josh Harris looks like a fucking dump truck, <laughs> like in a good way. I mean, so maybe he's just I mean, this is just who he is. I've accepted it. The only thing I just want to know is, can he get the cardio 
to connect with it to stay on the field? Or is he just always going to be like that goal line, fourth down, you know, one or two guy? Um, But he looks good. So I don't know. I mean, Thunder, it's on you, bro. You know, the difference with McMahon is very pear-shaped. He's got he's got mass in his lower body, whereas Josh Harris has mass in his upper body too. Like Josh Harris looks like Moana, the guy from Moana. <laughs> he looks like the Rock's character. <laughs> uh, all right. He is huge. Yeah, he's, he's just big. like a just you know, if you, I feel like if you saw Josh Harris on the street, you wouldn't believe it. Like it, he's yeah. just everywhere's big. He's also a redshirt freshman still. So, I mean, you know, Jeez, that's true. I guess he'll be a redshirt sophomore next. Well, wait, no, COVID screwed everything up. I guess they just don't move anyone's year up. He is not on the roster. I wonder why I can't find him. Who? Josh Harris. Joshua Harris, number 55. Oh, there it I'm, is. Looking, okay. I'm looking right at him. Don't, don't, yeah, tease it me jumped like to Jakeen Harris. I was like, what the heck? 6'4, 350 is what it says. It's just a big, big dude, man. Jeez. Six, <laughs> Lyndon Cooper is 6'2", 340, and that's worse to me. Yeah. Ben Finley, plus six. Trail Dawkins, minus 10. Where's Dawkins at? He should be with the... Uh, he's number zero. He's at the top of the list. Oh, yeah, there we go. It's 245. This is what people love, this man. Talking yeah. numbers. What were this we doing before the podcast that I said would have been hilarious? <laughs> Oh, I was playing with the bracket tool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, we're struggling here. It's l- late in the season. Not a whole lot to talk about. What do we take from Jordan Houston getting a new number, number three? What do we think this means? I hope it means he gets more carries. <laughs> I mean, or more usage, right? I hope Man. so. What do you hope to see from spring practice? Question from the fans. Um, I hope to see Devin Leary yeah, playing. Right. I hope to see no one touch Devin Leary. Um, yeah, I think that's. I think what I'm going to be looking for is who's coming back from injuries, who's contributing, who's non-contact. I'm really interested to see what's up with Tim McKay. Um, you know, I don't think you're going to see Drake or um, Peyton, or at least that's what my hope is that you don't see them. I hope no, those guys can just recover. You never see the upperclassmen, let alone injuries, injured, injured players, injured players. Yeah. But my, my thinking there is those dudes play so hard that, you know, you got to kind of bubble wrap them because yeah. they're going to wreck their bodies throughout the season. So, um, Hey, look, we got, we got a question football roster thoughts or updates. So people do want to hear about the numbers. There we go. Well, Confirmed. Great. Um, let me tell you about Trevally Price at uh, six four two sixty. The uh... biggest gainer was Claude Larkins plus twenty four, and the biggest loss was Anthony Carter minus twenty one. Yeah, Carter at three ten. That's good to see. Yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, I a lot of those movements for especially freshmen coming in, true freshmen is usually just bad info on signing day. Um, so, it, yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to kind of see where that goes. Um, yeah, I mean, the thing I'm looking forward to seeing is, you know, how how does the 
how does the team just look in general? I mean, the O-line has got to get shored up. Um, I don't think we can have the season we want to have if we have the O-line in tatters again. So I want to see how the transfers look. I want to see, you know, how the guys that were kind of in development mode last year come back. You know, does Tyrone Riley come back and contribute? You know, because he's still there. Um, you know, and I want to see, uh, where is he on here? Didn't uh, McLaughlin enrolled, right? Yeah. Yeah. I want to see what Aaron McLaughlin, 6'5", 230. Number 16 from coming Ooh. Georgia slash Denmark program. <laughs> I don't know what else I can give you off these numbers, man. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I kind of want to see just how everything looks, man. I, I think I'm, I'm really excited about football. I wasn't getting in much of an argument yesterday, but you know, it's like a, these UNC fans, you know, they think they should be top 10. Maybe they should. I feel like when you lose your key wide receivers, your key running backs, you know, you haven't been injured very much the last year or two. And, you know, your results for that are what a seven win season. And what did they do last year? Eight wins, nine wins. Yeah. You're referencing uh, the, my thing about Phil Steele's yeah. top 10 and he had Carolina at like seven or something like that. Yeah, and I'm kind of surprised. It's like, you know, if that's the way we're going to take this, like, hey, man, we had like a, uh, you know, a G5 quarterback last year and and won eight games. So, you know, where's the same pub hype? I mean, we should be top 25. Why not? Um, Yeah, right. You know, but if you're being realistic, you say, okay, well, you're not top 25 maybe because – Devin Leary only got to play three games and, you know, only one of them was like super incredible, the pick game. The others were kind of meh. And then, you know, you've got all kinds of issues all over the offensive line, things like that. So like to me, I think I wish in general people would just be a little bit more objective and with their reasoning, but you know, it's the media sports media. You can't ask them to actually do anything other than cover their favorite programs like we do for NC state. Fair, fair. I don't. I don't know. I'm ready to see. I am excited about spring. I'm ready to see just some football. First of all, I wonder if they're going to have people in the fan in, uh, in the stands for the spring game, or I'm not sure. What you know, I'm curious what they'll do there. I mean, I would love. I mean, I it, I think it would be great for the fans to get to come back and see it. it to me, it wouldn't, doesn't make much sense if we had fans in the stands during the season that we couldn't come up with some kind of lottery system for those that want to register for it um, right. to show up for the game. Um, and you got to watch out for those TikTokers. You know, you don't want these kids to to rig the system for us. But um, I, I, if they don't do that, please record the game. Like, uh, nothing drives me nuts more than not being able to see the screen game because they don't want to give away anything. And uh, it's like, you know, if a team was really wanted to, they could just send someone to your spring game <laughs> and just record it in the stadium anyway. So, you know, get it out there. Show your fans something to look forward to. You know, it would be curious to see, like, I mean, what's what's does what does Tim Beck do differently, you know, in year two? Um, no Carrie Angeline, right? What, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm, I'm interested to see. 
how an install, a proper install goes with Beck, right? He hasn't, he didn't have any spring last year to put in an offense. I wonder how that impacts things. Um, I completely forgot about this, but uh, who did Marshall hire? Uh, I don't remember his name. He was one of the... I'm looking it up now. Charles Charles from Huff. A, from, a Bam, from Alabama, right? Um, he was the associate head coach and running back coach at University of Alabama. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Boy, that's got to hurt Gibson. I, I, yeah, that was wild. I thought for sure he'd be gone. Look at this guy's uh, career. How did he end up down there? Oh, so he ended up... Boy, it's always fascinating to watch these guys that are assistant coaches. O-line, tight end, O-line, quarter quality control, running back, running back, running back, head coach. Ah, man. Sometimes I wonder if I could have been a head coach. You just got to try hard. Um, the grind has got to be awful. Oh, the grind. I like couldn't even Working imagine. at D2 Queens College or whatever. For like, <laughs> like, it would just be so bad until you got your, unless you got some, you know, break. I imagine a lot of these guys just get lucky, like drink, having good high school connections with uh, Malzahn. Oh, yeah. Or Malzahn just being a freak in high school, right? How often does that happen? I don't know, but can you tell me who's the better wide receiver, Thayer or Emeka? Emeka's uh, a better wide receiver. Now I have to go back and see how they phrase this. Hmm. It's not even close yeah. to me. Well, close. before last season, I might have been debating a little bit just because at least I felt like Thayer had been kind of consistent. Yeah. Um, I assume it's, Thayer's not playing baseball, right? No. Okay. No, our baseball team's not playing baseball. He is. Well, I didn't want to bring it up. <laughs> didn't want to bring it up because I listened to one podcast and I was told to be excited about NC State baseball, and then I check in like a true NC State fan and I say, huh, "Okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on, Chase. Uh, yeah, right. Coach him up. Coach him up." I forgot what your question was. Mecca. Oh, yeah. Mecca or uh, Thayer. Yeah, I'm going to Mecca. Yeah. I mean, I think Mecca is harder to cover. He's bigger, stronger, better hands. Probably maybe not as fast, but pretty close. I don't know, man. He showed some little burst at times last year with, uh, who was it? Like Asante Samuel that he like sidestepped and then burst by. And um, so maybe he's doing something with his short area quickness, but. Yeah, I'd, I'd take him back. He he seems like he's got the monkey off his back now. Right. Uh, Who would you have for running for ACC Coach of the Year basketball question? So here's the thing, right? If <laughs> they won't ever do the right thing, so it doesn't even matter. Um, if he makes any sort of run, it's got to be Keats, right? Like, nah, I don't know. I would say like Passner. Fuck no. They're 10 and 6. Like I don't everybody care. Thought, everybody thought they were going to be the doormat. This is the, the Dave Dorn argument. Everybody thought they were going to be last in the ACC. Have they lost all, all their critical players? I have no idea. Probably not. They got some. They got a freak down there in Moses. 
who's right from, from you know, Raleigh. Yeah, who's thanks Godfrey. Yeah, well, you know, the the could have been NC State team, like we said a couple pods ago, is just too too good to believe. Um, yeah, I no, I hate Josh Passner, so I refuse. I refuse. Mike Young, Virginia Tech, that's another one. Yeah, I mean, how about Leonard freaking Hamilton? I mean, yeah, I mean that's the easy one because they're good every year these days. Yeah, but I mean, like the staying power, the consistency, the the, good too, the incredible youthful looks. I mean, (laughs) reward the guy while he's still alive. Um, That's a tough one, man. I don't know who the who would get it. I have to look at the preseason expectations because I'd be hypocritical if I said. You know, it didn't matter. But right now, like, as much as I laughed at him beginning of the year because Josh Pastner was talking about having individual practices and no team practices, and I thought it was ridiculous, 10-6 and six at the conference, and they've got some good wins. Who are their wins? What are their good wins? They beat Florida State. That doesn't count. <laughs> Notre Dame... I mean, Can you beat sure. Florida State when they're shooting eighty yeah, percent? Right. Come see me when they can. When you can do that, they beat the Hills. They beat Wake. Beat Clemson. We beat. We would beat Clemson if we played them again. Oh man! If if we had closed out those Miami game, uh, the Miami and the Clemson game, Pack would be sitting at a four seed right now. Well, that's that's what's crazy about this year, right? That week that was that was all in the same week, if I remember, and. You know, just everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. Poor, you know, maybe some poor coaching decisions, foul trouble, whatever. Um, just stupid decisions. Um, it's bonkers, though, to look and see that we're nine and eight. And uh, I still can't believe we're talking like we're not even really in the bubble talk. Um, Georgia Tech, that's why I was trying to scroll over and check, take a look. This is the Georgia Tech team that lost to Georgia State, reminder. Okay. I know they're fourteen and eight. It's they lost to Mercer. Yeah, they had a terrible out of conference. They didn't. I mean, somehow they're ten and six though. Unless ACC is that bad. Well, they played. They beat UNC when UNC was bad. They beat Wake when Wake. Well, that's all season. Um, they skipped over Louisville, Pitt, NC State. They beat Clemson. We all know Clemson's a fraud. Then they lost to UVA. Lost to Duke. They beat FSU. FSU must have been like I don't know. Probably shitting their pants that day. Louisville, they beat, they barely beat Notre Dame. They lost to UVA. They lost to Clemson. They beat Pitt. They beat Miami. They suck. They beat Virginia Tech. They suck. We would have beat them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're playing pretty well. Whatever. Yeah, they're solid. Manny Bates would eat Moses Wright alive. I want this matchup. Can we? I've got to go back to the bracket calculator. Hold on. <laughs> Live uh, Googling everybody's podcast favorite. Yeah, well, it is what it is. Um, so football season's almost here. <laughs> yeah. And uh and then we've got the summertime Because all I got on my mind right now is some ice cream. So <laughs> I thought uh, you were gonna save that for the very end, Evan. No, I was gonna play because we're kind of trailing off here. All right, <clears throat> good. I need to go I need to go burn off some calories. Shut it down, folks. As always, thanks for listening. Sign up at the website, redwhitenetwork.com. Stay with us. Helps us out. 
<clears throat> and that's all I got. I'm going to get some ice Tell cream. us how you like your chocolate chip cookies. That's all I got on my mind right now is some ice cream. So. Yeah, give me a chocolate chip cookie recommendation if you have one. Like if oh, I, need I will a, tell you, we have an incredible recipe for you, my friend. Oh, not you. I know how to make chocolate chip cookies. I meant the fans. If somebody's got a, a on-the-go chocolate chip cookie that I could buy without making them, because sometimes I really don't feel like making them, let me know. Good. I got your chocolate chip cookie recipe. Uh, I, feel- I was raised by the wolves. I was raised by the wolves. I was raised by the wolves. Cause all I got on my mind right now is some ice cream. So. <laughs>